Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing this week? What has been going on? Today I have a very, very interesting podcast for you on a topic that I have heard quite a lot about in the past couple years, but it's not something I've really looked much into until now. And it is something that I would like to share with you on today's podcast, but Apart from that, we'll get into that in a second, this week has been another busy week, of course, I've been working on my PhD, little PhD update, I am doing a systematic review at the moment, which if you are a listener of the podcast for a long time, you'll know that I did one of those for my dissertation. So I am basically redoing the systematic review that I did for my dissertation but making it better (laughs) and redoing the methods and everything so that is what I'm currently doing just now as well as playing about with equipment and trying to figure out different methods for experiments and loads of different really interesting things but yeah loads and loads of things going on with that I really hope you guys have had a wonderful week I also was it was me and Jacob and I's anniversary this week as well which was super fun we had a full day off which was a little bit uh stressful but also amazing because we what do we do we went and we got nice and late and we went and got some pumpkins we carved our pumpkins follow me on tiktok to see the pumpkins and also to see what we made with the pumpkin guts and we also went out for a meal, which was super nice as well. Follow me on Instagram, or you can go on my Instagram and see the pictures from that. We also went on a walk. Really, really nice day. Really enjoyed it. I think we both needed a break. Plus, yeah, it, it's so nice to celebrate two-year anniversary. It's insane that we've been together for two years now. It doesn't feel like two years, and he's the most amazing person in the world. But that aside, I hope you guys have had a wonderful week and let's get into it. So today's specific podcast is about a concept called forest bathing which is a Japanese concept that is called Shinrin Yoku and I am one million percent butchering that but that is the Japanese word for forest bathing. I'm not sure if it is a direct translation or not but that is what it means. And forest bathing is a really interesting concept that, like I said, originated in in Japan, where people would go and visit the forest or visit an area full of woodland and trees, grass, nature, all of that, and they would go for a day or even just for a short walk to the forest. And that was a common, and still is, way of exercising and also just a therapeutic natural aromatherapy kind of thing that people do and of course it is something that we do here in Scotland as well we probably have quite a lot of access to something like that which is why this podcast is so important because we do have lots of trees and woodland around us in Scotland or the majority of us depending on where you live I would say we are quite lucky for that in in Scotland and especially where I am. I have plenty of trees and, and all that around me. I don't live in a city. So it's it's very nice to have that and I'm very grateful for that. And this specific concept and phenomenon 
is one that has been actually quite well studied and one that is fascinating. So there seems to be a large amount and an abundance of research to suggest that forest bathing is really good for our well-being in a number of ways. So I have a few different studies here that I'm going to tell you about and the effects that they found of forest bathing in Japanese people. I don't think, I didn't read any studies that were done in the UK or USA or anywhere like that, but it doesn't really matter. I think that the benefits would result in all populations. It doesn't really seem to be affected by that, but who knows. But anyway, so forest bathing, yes, is, is exactly what it sounds like. We're going into the forest, going into nature, being around trees. And there's loads and loads of different factors why this is really good for us. Number one, we're getting exercise by walking and um, exploring, which is also incredibly good for our mental health as well as physical health. Also, I'm sure you guys know, and I've been on a tangent about it before, that lower intensity activity has been linked to a load of health benefits as well. So things like walking, yoga, all of the lower intensity exercises that are associated with stretching um, and things that aren't going to get your heart rate exceedingly high. These types of exercises have been linked to longevity, particularly in the blue zones. So if you listened to my podcast that I did quite a while ago now about how to live to 100 plus years old healthfully, please go and check that out. It was a really good one. People really liked it and I really liked making it. And that, it was ages ago though, so you have to scroll down a bit. But the blue zones technically are these different places in the world that there are quite a large proportion of people that are living over the age of 100 and the age of 100. And there has been lots of research done on these different populations looking at why they are living to 100 or why they're living longer than the rest of us. And there's loads of reasons and they're all linked to lifestyle. So... Just to tell you, there was one in Japan, seen seen as we're talking about Japan, and they had quite a few different longevity things that really, really helped with health and also to maintain them to getting to 100 plus years old. And one of them that really stuck out to me was that every single person knew or had some sort of idea about their passion and why they got up in the morning. And it didn't didn't need to be large or small or whatever. It just, every single one of them knew why they were getting up in the morning and why they were doing what they were doing, which was apparently linked to longevity and linked to a longer, healthier life, which I would 100% agree with. And another thing of it, they had a lot of sweet potatoes, they had a lot of soya products, fruits and vegetables, they didn't have any processed foods in that specific area in Japan. They also had a really strong social network of people, so they had these, I can't remember the name, but they have a specific name, and they were born into these sets of people that actually they grew up with their entire life, they had their entire life, and these people were always a support system for that one person and they had maybe four or five people in each group that basically were tied to them for life like family but it wasn't it was friends and acquaintances as well as family members and these people would meet up all the time and talk about things or just be there for each other 
so a really really strong network of people around them that was linked to longevity as well and Japan has been one of the many countries that have been incredibly linked to health and longevity especially specific parts in Japan but I can't remember the names of them at the moment but one of the other reasons as well of the longevity is low intensity activity which I was talking about so lots of walking and lots of stretching and moving but not necessarily running marathons or running in general or even swimming or weightlifting it's all movement that occurs from body weight that is slow that is tuned with the body all of that different types of stuff so if you can I know this is a tiny bit of a side note but if you are capable of getting in a load of different varieties of exercise, that will be massively linked to longevity and well-being. But another part of that, of the forest bathing concept, is that it is exercise as well as we're out in nature, we're surrounded by trees. So what is it about forest bathing that creates such health benefits. So one study took the mean values of natural killer cells on forest bathing days. So they did a study on people that went to the forest on certain days and then people who were in the city on other days. And the same people. And they took the values of natural killer cells as well as a lot of other cells. Natural killer cells as well as the other cells that they measured are based in the immune system and have a large and big role in the immune system. So these this particular study was looking at immune function and whether or not forest bathing actually helped that in any way. They actually found that in the days where forest bathing where they were in the forest, there was significantly higher than controls. So these natural killer cells were significantly higher than the control days where they weren't in the forest. So this suggests that we are when we go to the forest when we're around nature or when we're in somewhere where there's trees we are actually helping our immune systems by increasing the level of immune related cells like natural killer cells they also took levels of other things like urinary adrenaline which of course is associated with high stress and another study as well was talking about cortisol which I will talk about in a second and the urinary adrenaline was significantly lower in the population that was in the forest on those days and the most amazing thing about it all is that this effect lasted for 30 days after the trip so this suggests that if you just went for a day in a forest or in a woodland walk or something like that, that you would see these benefits potentially for 30 days. So if you went once a month, you would see these benefits all the time and you'd have immune boosting effects all the time. And it might also be preliminary evidence to show that we should be going into nature when we are unwell or when we think we're going to get sick instead of you know staying inside sometimes I suppose it'd probably be the last thing you'd want to do if you were ill (laughs) go out into a forest when it's cold but maybe that actually would have a beneficial effect on illness who knows it might be something that it would help but at the same time it is so things like camping and things like that is fantastic for this as well as just getting out in a walk on a walk somewhere close to you that is covered with trees or you know somewhere that will 
allow you to breathe next to trees and be around nature. So that is an absolutely amazing study and this, like I said, was done in a Japanese population and it may not apply, apply, (laughs) it may not apply to other populations but I would say that those types of findings could be used in other populations and probably have the same benefit in other populations, although we don't know. But I would imagine that getting out into an environment filled with trees and nature is only going to be positive and beneficial for your well-being, even if it is just exercise that you are getting from it. But this one study showed that forest bathing alone increased immune function. So absolutely fantastic finding and one that is incredibly staggering. I mean, just getting out in nature improves our immune function. I mean, that's amazing. So another study looked at the same thing, forest bathing, and they actually just looked at one day in a forest, not even a full day, they went for a walk in the forest and they actually found that this decreased cortisol lowered their their resting heart rate, lowered their blood pressure. They also had greater parasympathetic nerve activity as well as decreased parasympathetic. So if you haven't heard of the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic is involved in calming us down um, and keeping us nice and stable as well as the sympathetic nervous system is involved in fight or flight. So that is high anxiety, high stress. Both play a really important role in the body, but we do not want to be in a sympathetic state all the time. It should be something where we are in those fight or flight states when we need to be, when we're in a fight or flight situation. So we want to be in a parasympathetic majority of the time. And this actual study suggests that forest bathing actually put us back into that state into that parasympathetic nervous state. I think I just hit the microphone or something there. (laughs) That was loud. Sorry for listening on headphones or earphones. I've got earphones in so I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) So parasympathetic nervous system, really important to activate. If you are someone with anxiety or depression or suffer with mental health conditions, you might struggle particularly with being in fight or flight all the time, sympathetic nervous system all the time. So maybe that is a solution for you to get out in nature or to be around trees. And not even you don't even need to walk, I suppose you could just go and sit in the forest or in a woodland area and, and see these benefits, I'm not sure. But amazing study finding that decreasing stress hormone lowering our heart rates, which is associated, of course, chronically with heart diseases, decreasing blood pressure, which is a number one and two impact of heart diseases, creating heart diseases in people. Blood pressure is a massive issue today. So if we can actually get out in nature and breathe in that air and walk around, we might actually be helping decreased rates of of heart disease and cardiovascular diseases which is incredibly important so these studies have actually found that they can forest bathing can decrease stress lower heart rate lower blood pressure and implement positive effects on the immune system i mean if that isn't enough for you i don't know what is it's absolutely amazing Plus that one study found that these effects actually lasted up to a month after just one trip. 
So that is incredibly staggering evidence and something that we should all be taking in. There's also other research to suggest that soil particles breathed in can help increase the diversity of our microbiome, which incredible as well if we're getting out in nature and uh, breathing in soil particles as well as eating vegetables that have some sort of soil on them. Really, really good for that as well. And that sounds a bit insane. Of course, you wash them, but just having the soil on the vegetables so you'll get this all the time in organic markets or farmers markets and they don't they don't wash them properly or put them through some sort of process to get as much soil off of them as possible those particles going into our digestive system really really help with the biodiversity of our microbiome and we all know the importance of our microbiome Today, our microbiome diversity is so much less than it was thousands of years ago and it is incredibly upsetting, mainly because we do not get exposure to soil as much as we did before. Also, pesticides, herbicides, lack of diversity of foods in general, you know, increased processed food as well as lack of physical activity, as well as not having enough fruits and vegetables so there's loads of issues there but if we can actually try and increase the biodiversity of our microbiome through forest bathing as well as eating soil swept vegetables and also eating a wider variety of vegetables and fruits rich in pre and probiotics as well as like yogurt and taking a probiotic is another one Taking, you can even take a symbiotic which is a pre and probiotic together which is fantastic loads of things you can do but helping with our gut microbiome is one of the most essential things that we could be doing for our health and I definitely want to stress that point especially if it's something that we can do as a population to increase their microbiome is really really helping with their health as well if we are increasing the microbiome and increasing the fruit and vegetable consumption that we're all consuming we will be increasing the microbiome of our planet as well our planet also has a microbiome and this is decreasing rapidly due to climate change as well as how we treat the planet but basically there was of course more nature so there was a more diversity there and we are destroying it which is another big issue for our health massive massive issue for our health which is very depressing and I don't like thinking about how we have ruined our planet because really it is devastating I mean we could be so much healthier today if we hadn't gone and made everything convenient and created all these processed foods as well as sedentary lifestyles and all of these crazy advancements we could be much much healthier and as a population be dying way less from premature issues related to heart disease type 2 diabetes obesity you know the list goes on stress related illnesses inflammation the list does in fact go on so the main things that we can be doing to try and help with our help health is bringing it back to nature and I've said this so many times you know bringing it back to how we lived thousands of years ago can always be positive and of course there's, there's issues with that but mainly bringing it back to how we were before where we had less chronic disease and we lived healthfully there is many lessons that we can be learning from that like from the from japan where we are 
going to be force bathing or going out in nature, walking more, doing less physical activity that is really high intense, high intensity or the only thing that you're doing. High intensity exercise also has a place in our exercise routines but it shouldn't be your only exercise, it should be a part of your exercise as well as doing lower intensity activity as well. So there's loads of things we can do can be doing, increasing fruit and vegetables, drinking more water, getting more physical activity, as well as whole grains, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, all of that, while decreasing processed foods, while decreasing alcohol, sugar sweetened beverages, refined sugars, saturated fats in large proportions, Loads and loads of things we can do, we could be doing as well as decreasing our sedentary time by getting out in nature, in forests, walking, exploring, talking to people. You know, there's so many things that we could be doing. So if you can get out into nature, out into a place where there's loads of trees surrounding you, please do and try to prioritise that weekly getting out for walks so important I know if especially if you're someone who is already physically active you can definitely implement this once a week and you can see benefits or even once a month and if the study is correct see benefits all month from doing just that one visit to a place rich in trees and grass and as well animals and things like that so really really important and I really hope that this podcast was somehow inspiring to you because I think this this topic is incredibly interesting and something that I think we could all learn a lot from. We could all learn a lot from the Blue Zones and specific areas in Japan on living healthfully for longer. But please, if you want to listen to the Blue Zone podcast, please do give it a listen because it is an interesting one and it is a, it's an interesting concept and there's a lot of information and research in that specific podcast. So I will put it in the link below, but please do uh, give that a listen. It's on Spotify, it's on everywhere that you've even listening to this podcast as well as please do share, like, whatever you feel compelled to do with this podcast if you feel like it would benefit you in any way I really or anyone else that you would know I would really 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 appreciate that it helps me out so much when you guys share the podcast or even let me know what you like about the podcast give me feedback on this podcast follow me on the podcast as well massively helpful so I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast I was actually wanting to go out for a walk tonight it is six o'clock on a Saturday night right now I've been working all day and I just got back but there's currently no one in the house so I wanted to get my podcast done before someone appeared and made a lot of noise (laughs) like it's crazy how much noise how little noise you can make and it picks up on this bloody microphone so I really hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast I'm gonna go and make some amazing nutritious food and chill I think I'll do some yoga as well I hope you guys have a wonderful Sunday when you'll be listening to this or in the week whenever you are listening to this and I oh another thing happy Halloween when it comes on Monday because you will not uh, the next time I'm on the podcast you won't be seeing this if you are carving pumpkins please do make sure you use the guts of the pumpkin and dispose of the pumpkin 
in a environmentally safe way. This is something I would like to say before I go. I am just going to post the TikTok now. So you'll see my beauty in this TikTok by the time this is out about what I did to use the pumpkin guts. Uh, I also posted a TikTok and an Instagram of my pumpkin that I carved. So I made like pumpkin cake, obviously healthy sugar-free one. Uh, I made pumpkin soup. I also made pumpkin seeds. So there's loads you can do with pumpkin guts. Please don't chuck them out. It's not just food waste. It is loss of money as well. So please do use them or even shove it in the freezer if you're too busy and make it another time. But there's loads of things you can make with pumpkin guts. It's just such a food, such a massive food waste and it contributes massively to food waste in October. So please do try and use them or give them to someone who you know well. But anyway, happy Halloween when it comes. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you're going to do something fun for Halloween and I will speak to you all very, very soon.